everyone. Welcome to Shaken and Disturbed. We're back with a new episode. As always, I'm Darren Karp here with my adorned husband, lover, partner, magic. Oh, and John's here too. John's here too. Uh, By the way, magic yeah, John's here is too, not but with magic's us right really now. here. Oh. He's not. It, he's 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 getting neutered at the ex- this exact moment. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Well, let's hold a moment of silence for his, you know, his <laughs> What could His have been? Stuff, you know. You'd think that you um, would have come to me with that information, seeing as how we're you're married, dating. But that's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, you um, better give him extra treats tonight. Oh, I know. Home. I've already thought about it. He's staying overnight, which I was like, oh, I didn't think they did that, but okay. And I'm kind of worried that they. I'm like, did you feed him? Like, did you give him treats? I'm sure they did, of course. But I mean, you know I, me. I, yeah. No, of course. And I love that you're just like, send me pics. Like, do this. Like. Very yeah. important for him yeah. to be taken care of in every sort of way. But, um, yeah. Yeah. okay, fine. Magic's not here, guys. We just He's have to deal not. with John today. That's fine. And it's been That's weird fine. today, too, because I was working earlier, and usually he's running around the house at full speed, like, ripping curtains down, of whatever. Course. And, like, it was... As you should. It was quiet for the first time in over a month, and I was like, oh, this is what it was like, you know, before Magic was here. Kind of missed it. Uh, the chaos. I missed the the routine chaos, if you will. It's not BC. It's BM before magic. Before magic, magic exactly. Your years, That's your honestly years true. BM. That's honestly true. BM, bowel movement. I, I don't know. Speaking of pure magic, have you ever wished you could magically feel better and more energetic? It might be getting brighter outside longer for most of us, but we're still in need of a little extra something to get us through the days. We're all microdosing these days to feel better. All sorts of people are microdosing daily to feel healthier and just perform better. And you're probably wondering what microdosing is, right? Well, you know that just right feeling when your body and mind are really at peace, like after a workout or a nice long shower, where you're relaxed, focused, and a little energized actually? Microdosing helps you get into that zone easier and stay there longer, which is exactly where I want to be. Our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. I've gifted these gummies to so many people in my life, and they always ask me where and how they can get them. We love Microdose Gummies here at the show. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code SHAKEN to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com, code SHAKEN. We're here talking, yeah, I was going to say, we're here talking murder murders. If you want to get my Oscars coverage, you have to listen to mm-hmm. NMR this week because we recapped everything. So I'm not going to do that here because we have a lot to discuss today. That's true. Including I- John. Including my hat, but before we do that, I just want to let everyone know that's watching on Patreon right now. I recently bought this giant, um, like probably half gallon, uh, what are these called? Yeah, it's bigger than your face. It's literally bigger than my face. I'm trying to drink more water because I realize I don't drink as much as I used to for some reason. And I found this hydro flask thing that has a little um, straw at the top and... If you see me sipping from time to time, I'm just trying to stay healthy. What's in it? Oh, she's what's sipping. in it is none of your business, but I might be sipping it's ice water. from time to time. It might be, or is it ice vodka? Okay. I don't know. Mm. You're allowed to sip from time to time. I want to know who wins the hat. That's and if right. It's me. It is time. It might okay. be. Well, unfortunately, you didn't enter. Uh, so that means that you're disqualified. Oh. 
Um, but oh. <clears throat> for those who don't know, I talked recently about a hat that has a skeleton dabbing on it that I bought. And that's right. That's too small for your head. That's way too small for my head. Um, and because of that, I thought we should give it away on Patreon, which is another great uh, reason to sign up because every once in a while we give away things on this sh- on that o- over there. I don't know what I was going to say there on this show. So in order yep. to enter, and I did this very last minute, like less than 24 hours ago, I said, uh, comment below with your favorite uh, Shaken and Disturbed moment. And those names would get put into a random name generator and chosen right here live on the show, Darren. Now, because I did this so haphazardly, or should I say haphazardly, okay, because it's a hat. Oh, there we go. Um, there we go. Only three people entered, and it's fine. You know, we, <clears throat> we've got a lot of fans and a lot of listeners, but Patreon, unfortunately, in less than 24 hours, only three people entered. They're great people, nothing against them. Um, but yeah, so Bye. now we are going to show on the Zoom, I'm going to share my screen so that you can see exactly who entered Darren. So stand by. We're going to do this really quickly. Okay, Darren, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Ooh, okay. this is a fun game. It's a fun Ooh. game. We've got our, here are the three people that entered our friend Susan. Always a big fan yep. of the show. Um, yep. Our friend Stephanie also entered. Absolutely. And of course, our friend Marty, who is a more recent uh, uh, Patreon and I think listener of the show. So now all I have to do for those who can't see, who might just be listening, is click the wheel to spin it. And whoever it lands on wins my skeleton dabbing hat. Darren, are you excited about this? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm ready really for quick. it. Let's do it. Ooh, Let's just ooh, add a little ooh, bit ooh, of ooh, sound ooh. effects there. All right, yep. here we go. I'm clicking to spin. It's going really fast. The winner yep. is... Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh, Stephanie. Ooh, Stephanie. By only a little bit. It was very close. Um, wow. So, yeah, there we go. I just thought I'd... Um, all right, Stephanie, congratulations. You get to win a hat that's too small <laughs> for John Crasher. Exactly. So, um, yeah. yeah, this is just to say, you guys, sign up on Patreon. I may be giving away other stuff. I already have some things in mind. Darren, I know you probably want to get rid of some things from time to time. So Maybe my green Gucci suit from the Oscars. We never <gasps> know what's possible to give away. I can't give away. I was going to say, but... you won't be giving that away. If you do, I'm taking it, by the way. And I'm putting it in the Shaken and Disturbed Museum because that's where it belongs. That would be fun. Okay, that let's move on. Uh, Stephanie, congratulations. I will send you the hat uh, very soon. I'll get your information on Patreon. But Darren, the topic of today's episode is another TV recap. We haven't done one of these in quite a while. It's The Murdaugh yeah. Murders, A Southern Scandal, available now on Netflix. So it's yep. three episodes on Netflix. And let me just yeah, say right off the jump, up. I mean, I think that their release of this whole thing, like I think the trial going on right now for, I want to say Alex Murdoch, <laughs> but the way he says it is like Alec. Alec. Like, yeah, I think yeah, it's like that's an, right. It, it's like an accent. Yeah. I'm just going to say Alex because um, sure. I think it's an accent thing. But anyway, the, the the trial that was sort of going on and then the Netflix thing <laughs> that came out. So it all happened simultaneously yeah. and I'm sure that they planned they it that way. They must have, yeah. It just seemed too perfect, and I know there's a couple other ones on Hulu right now, but basically what's interesting about this is the Netflix documentary, which is three parts, 
really covers the history of why he's on trial right. now. And then the trial happened. And what's interesting also was that he's on trial, was on trial, he was found guilty, spoiler, spoiler. alert, uh, for murdering his wife and his son, Paul, who plays a very prominent mm-hmm. role in the documentary. And it doesn't really cover any, like the him murdering his <laughs> wife and son wasn't even really featured in the documentary. Like, yes, they talked about it, but like, it was everything that happened before. Yeah. All the mysterious deaths, mysterious, I use in air quotes right, right now, that are happening right. around this family kind of reminds me a little bit of the of the Kennedys, how there's just yeah. like shrouded in death this this family. Ted Kennedy, obviously, you know, got to cover up a potential death that he was responsible for just right. because he was rich and, you know, a little bit of a, a country bumpkin type of feel with it, of course. Like, you know, but it was these were the rich people in a town of not so rich people. And I've always sort of said, especially when you're white, especially when you're rich, mm-hmm. you can kind of get away with a lot of murder. And Sounds I'm happy true. to see that he wasn't going to get away with this. But um, I will say, you know, last week when John and I were talking about it, I don't remember if we were talked about on air. I said, you know, watch the doc. And John was like, <laughs> three parts. Like, okay. You know, you know me. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I have limited time. And I was like, totally. And I was like, you know, just watch like part at a time. I, I shit you not, I want to say like 30 minutes hours after later. we stopped recording, yeah. John was like, okay, I started the doc. And then three hours after that, he was like, okay, I finished because he was so gripped and I knew he was going to be gripped by the story. What, yeah. Am I right about yeah, that? Yeah, you're so right. I mean, first of all, I was, I definitely, we were planning to do this for the show. So I would have gotten to it for sure, but. No, of course, but not that quickly. But not so quickly. I wasn't expecting yeah. you to be so gripped to watch it in one kind of swoop. Yeah. You know, I thought, oh, I'll watch it over the weekend well, or something. But you were like. And to be honest, you know, for those who don't know, I'm a senior producer at A&E and Lifetime. So like I'm full time job. I'm sitting through true crime all day long, giving notes, making podcasts. By the way, check out Cold Case Files and I Survived and Crime of a Lifetime, all of which I'm a senior producer on. Oh, hell yeah. And then, you know, we recorded the episode that night as well. And then I was like, the last thing I'm going to do is sit down and watch true crime this evening. But you know what happened was some plans changed. And I sat down and I started, I opened Netflix expecting to watch something else maybe, right? But the, sure. <clears throat> but then the Murdaugh murders was like the big featured thing that they were trying to do. And I was like, let me just start on this because this is going to take up some time. I'll just watch the first episode tonight. Oh, famous last, famous words, last baby. words, Famous last words. Because uh, I don't know how long is the runtime. Three hours later, like two at one o'clock in the morning. Um, I had watched all three episodes and I was trying, you know, one of the other things that happens when Darren and I do this is I try not to text my every thought to Darren because we do like to save our authentic thoughts, especially about cases um, for the show. So you guys are really getting our authentic, true reactions to things. And, um, you know, so I'm sitting there and it was like so hard, Darren, not to like text every single thought to you because you know how we are about this true crime stuff. But yes. So anyway. Yes, I sat down. I watched all three episodes back to back. By the way, really yeah. quick, just really quick side note. I yes. also watched this weekend the MH370 documentary on Netflix. I really want to see that. It's just like I was yeah. flying. And so don't that made watch me a little freaked out to watch it. Definitely yeah, don't no, watch it when you're flying or when you're about sure to fly. Home. It's also yeah. fucking unbelievable. And I watched all three of those episodes back to back. But that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, Murdoch. so. 
the Murdoch the Murdoch murders. We're gonna start with the you know the first episode, kind of just, just like break it down with our yeah. thoughts. Just a little bit of a recap, but you know this case really fascinated me not only because of how much murder you know they had gotten away with. This had sort of been going on, going on. It was also a a, a current thing, and I'm I told you that you were probably gonna remember a little bit of the case, especially with the boat accident. Yeah. Did you remember? This happening yes, a few years ago, I like it do. brought to mind, especially because you were at Oxygen, I'm sure right, right, right. it was covered by there. It was, um, and I actually, it's funny you say that because I was doing a little bit of research about just where this case was before we started, and a lot of Oxygen uh, articles came up. So shout out to our friend Gina, the staff boozer, who is still there yes. r- running that show. Um, yeah, and you know what's so funny is episode, not funny, but an interesting perk, or an interesting thing. I don't know what I'm saying. Episode one, I will say was a little bit of a, like, it was all about the setup. Like you had to get to know the right. relationships and stuff. And I was like, and I think the one thing I did text you, Darren, I was like, there are a lot of like white girl, like young white girls with M names in this show that I can't quite oh keep track of to be completely. Mallory. Yeah. yeah. Melanie and Madeline. Melanie, and I was just like, Morgan. Madison. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah, there were like a lot of them. Um, but then in, in that first episode, it really establishes what you were just sort of talking about, which is white pow- white rich power yeah. in, su- in South Carolina in particular. And um, I did remember the boat situation. I just didn't really remember Mallory Beach, of course. Yeah. And, um, you know, let's talk about like kind of what happened with that just to give a recap for yeah. those listening. So there's this man named Alex Murdaugh. He's an old like, you know, our parents age, if you will. His son, who was, I'm assuming, in his early 20s or so, is named Paul. Paul. No, he's not in his early 20s because oh. remember, if you remember, they were in, they were like not of drinking age yet. You That's know, he right. Had to use, he had to use Good his call. older brother Buster's fake ID in order to get, you know, when we saw like, yeah. I think he was like at a gas station, like getting the beer. So he had to use, so he was right. in his, Good he was con- in his teens. Catch. See, this is yeah, why we have Darren teens. doing true crime, you guys. She'll keep me yes. honest as well. <laughs> But yes, no, yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, early like or late teens, whatever. Seems to maybe still be in high school or just graduated, whatever. Um, you know, kind of seems like a shithead to be completely honest. They talk about, you know, maybe some allegations of abuse that have happened with him and his girlfriend. Clearly has a problem with alcohol. Yeah, right. You know, drinking in excess. Um, and anytime you sort of get a young cocky kid, alcohol, money. Yeah, it's like yeah, right. when they think they're on the top of the world for everything, right. you know, it just, unfort- not everything ends up in murder like this, but yeah. it certainly is a recipe for disaster. Well, and you have to remember this isn't technically murder in the sense that he was basically, well, involuntary manslaughter, I guess, technically. I think so. Well, anyway, yeah, nonetheless, so. what happens is he and a group of friends that are all featured in the documentary go out and they're drinking. He's already been drinking, as Darren just said. They're driving to these locations via the river. So he's driving a boat, which is like, just sounds like a very like Southern South Carolina thing to do to load up into very a boat. Dawson's yeah. Creek, in my opinion. But he's also refusing to let anyone else drive, drive. and like right. driving a boat. Like you think it doesn't matter as much as on the road because there's like less mm. boats. But you know you cannot be under the influence about this, and yeah. uh, you know of course like he crashes the boat. Yeah, crashes the boat and. Everyone pretty much is injured to some extent. And I think there's a total of what, eight people on the boat maybe or something like that. And one of them, Mallory Beach, you know, everyone kind of surfaces, you know, they, some people get cat, some people get thrown overboard. Some people are still on board. 
Mallory Beach, one of them, who is not his girlfriend. It's his best friend's girlfriend, essentially. Um, right. You know, basically doesn't surface the way everybody else does. And immediately they're like, where's Mallory? What the hell? What happened? Where? Wh- what did we even do? Um, they make it all up onto land. 911 gets called or whatever, but still no sign of Mallory. And, um, and you're watching this police footage kind of go down after this boat crash. And, you know, obviously everyone's shaken. Everyone's, everyone's bothered. I think kind of the things to point out here is Mallory Beach certainly wasn't as well off. Her family wasn't as well off as the Murdoch's in any sort of way. You know, we kind of find it later not to bury the lead, but like none of the police called her family. None of the police did anything like that. And the first thing you kind of hear Paul say you know, was under the influence was like, I got to call my grandfather who has a cell right. phone. I got to call my grandfather, and which what a brat, what a fucking what a brat, brat. Right. We'll get into that too. Like in just the, the, the privilege of all of that. But to your point, the, one of the things that I thought was so impressive about this documentary, which is of course just really circumstantial is that they have the literal dash cam footage from the police cruisers where you can see Anthony, right. who is Mallory's boyfriend, absolutely distraught and like you get to see yeah you get to see you know very firsthand footage of what someone goes through when there's been an accident and somebody has not come up out of the water and I mean it was so heart-wrenching and there's so many heart-wrenching moments throughout this whole series but seeing this didn't have to happen yeah and like seeing these young kids that are like have their whole lives ahead of them in a lot of ways, you know, go through this agony right in like moments after it happened. It's just terrible. Yeah. It's really like the hubris I think of being young where you sort of feel invincible in a lot of ways. And like, even if Paul was drunk, you know, you, you never really think this is going to happen. And that that happens to all of us. I don't think that has anything to do necessarily with privilege. I think young people do dumb shit because they feel like they're going to live forever. And unfortunately, you know, this was just, one of those really tragic um, instances. And I think it's important to note that Paul is asking for his, Paul Murdaugh is asking for his grandfather and his grandfather is like the most well-known attorney in town, you know, and like has connections with the police and it's kind of a small town vibe where everyone knows everyone. And so the Murdaugh name is really infamous for better or for worse. Well, and there's been, there were a couple of times, forgive me about the exact moments, but, um, you know, where like maybe you hear a phone call to like 911 or to some other phone call and and they mention whoever's on the phone mentions that their last name is Murdaugh and you hear literally a reaction. Oh, oh. And she's like, oh, oh, it's on the police. And she was like, oh, oh, oh that Alex oh, Murdaugh, Murdaugh, essentially. Oh, God. It, it was sort of like this, like, hey, it's me, Alex Murdaugh. Oh, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Exactly like that. So exactly. anyway, um. So then, you know, kind of they move away from in episode one, the scene of the the crash. And there's a lot of like sort of recreation and and maybe some CCTV footage. But I don't know if it was also recreation. It was like that good of inside of the hospital um, and where everybody that's sort of like, you know, in a hospital bed from the crash is like, yeah, his grandfather showed up and basically told us all not to say anything. Yeah, like he was coming, which is always just, you know, I mean, as much as I feel like you can't trust police, I I also really feel like you can't really trust a lawyer unless you know them super, yeah. super well. I mean, I will say for police, you know, the, the whatever the five words you should say is like, let me talk to my lawyer, right. six words or whatever, yeah. you know, and like, or I want I want a lawyer. Um, and I think that that's a good thing. But I think that half of these kids, A, who are so young, so vulnerable, just went through a tragedy. Yeah. 
And this guy shows up out of nowhere pretending to be their attorney saying, don't talk to anyone. And they represent the kid who everyone, Paul now, you know, comes from the family that everyone was like very sussy about. Mm -hmm. It's just like you can just tell, you see the control that the Murdoch family was trying to have from this footage from the jump and how they were trying to control the narrative in every fucking aspect. And that's a great transition into the second episode because what what else was really interesting in those moments, at least from the people who were, you know, the kids that had just gone through the accident as they recall it, is that the grandfather, no, no one, no one was looking for Mallory. You know, grandfather wasn't looking for no Mallory. The, of course, the the first responders were, and I'm sure you know other people connected there. But like, you know, he the grandfather shows up, and he's not allegedly not looking to uh, find Mallory or cares about where she is or her well being. And that really was the beginning. I think the first time you sort of look at the Murdaws and you're like, oh, oh, they're that type of family. Interesting. Yeah. And you can just tell that like as soon as no one, especially in an older generation, isn't even concerned for the kids. That's when you know, and I get I get wanting to protect your family. Right. Like I understand that parents are like, I want to lawyer up, especially kids or, you know, especially kids. Like I want to make sure. But the fact that there was not even a discussion of like, where is Mallory? What's going on? How are you doing? What could have happened? I think was the start of something super sussy. And that kind of leads us in to episode two. And we really see the aftermath. And they talk to Mallory's parents. Finally, uh, in this doc, other of the family friends call Mallory's parents, let her know what's going on. The fact that the police didn't even fucking call Mallory's parents. And I love that you're bringing this up. Said a lot. The the, the one mother who was like, look, I have, I have the parents phone number. I just don't want to be the person that makes that call. And then police are like, yeah, let, yep. Let's wait and like see what happens, you know. Let's just or whatever the police say, and it's like, what? I if yeah. I were and like we see Mallory's parents in this um, in the documentary, and I'm like, the way I would have ripped through that town and ripped that guy a new asshole. Like I just can't imagine being a parent and knowing that this no. is all happening and no one no one's telling me, you know. Yeah, and like. That should be cause for concern seeing this doc on such a wide <laughs> stage. Right. Like that would should be cause for concern of the police department as yeah. well. Like they're not doing their protocol. And I think, you know, it just kind of goes to show that money really talks in these crimes. Yeah. And so, you know, just to kind of wrap up even the Mallory Beach portion yeah, of it, right. she's obviously missing. She is found. You know, they they do a high, really high search. They search to the water. They have helicopters looking for a floating body. She's found eight days later, five miles away. I mean, down river, five yeah. miles away is not far when you're driving and you're dumping a body, but down a river. Yeah. I mean, that just the current that you can imagine that she was floating in. Apparently she did die on impact. I'm sure she hit her head, mm-hmm. was unconscious and, and drowned. Um, and it just goes to show that none of the Murdoch's, like we said in the hospital, seem very much so concerned with finding Mallory. Every one of the other friends absolutely was concerned yeah. with finding Mallory. In fact, that was kind of their main point. And I think a lot of them blamed Paul for it. Well, that's, Paul Murdoch. Yeah, and that's where this this sort of transition into episode two, kind of get the meat of it, if you will, is like, you know, who was actually driving? Because then there were sort of right. misunderstandings between, I'm forgetting his first name, his last name is Cook, I believe, um, the other guy. Yeah, and, and they had a uh, nickname for him, yeah. which... 
But yeah, the other friend who was kind of trying to steer away, trying to take control of the reins and and have Paul, immediately you could tell that the Murdoch's whole story, because they couldn't deny it was their boat, right? Like they couldn't deny that Paul was there and it was their boat. They had that all. So the only thing that they could do was get Paul off for not driving the boat, which eventually they ended up with forensics and engineers figuring out that it was pretty clear that Paul was driving the boat, but they do try to blame it on somebody yes, else. Yes, exactly. And, you know, another thing that I thought was really interesting about this documentary around this topic is that there was tons of, uh, you know, security footage and you see them walking down the pier, getting onto the boat. Happy. Happy. Go lucky. You yeah. see basically Mallory's last moments, tragically. Um, And I don't know. I just thought, wow, this is like such a modern documentary, right? Because so many older documentaries, we don't have the footage. We talk about it all the time on the show. It's like there are how many billions of cameras in our pockets right now that could be recording things. But even like 10 years ago, it wasn't really, you know, that much. So it's kind of a new documentary in that regard. And like you you do get to see so much footage that you wouldn't otherwise. And it's happening in real time. I mean, here we are like two episodes into this and we're not even talking about really Alex Murdaugh right now who who was on trial during this time as we're all watching it, you know, and you're kind of like, well, how does Alex Murdaugh like come into it it with all of this? And I read a New Yorker article about it because I think everyone kind of knows that Paul's a dick. You know, it does come out that he is abusive to his girlfriend, uh, Morgan. He spits on her. He slaps her. He demeans her. But... You know, she's kind of elevated. I think she's sort of enamored by him because he brings her into his world. That's a world that I felt like she probably felt like she wasn't rich enough to be a part of or whatever, you know. And so she kind of gets swept up in that, I think, realizes the truth pretty quickly. But it's just interesting because this guy, Paul, that we keep talking about and we keep seeing, they keep showing pictures of him just absolutely obliterated in the hospital, you know, footage of him, um, and, you know, he was indicted on three counts of felony, uh, a boating essentially um, under, yeah, the influence, under the influence, yeah. which is something I never really, <laughs> you know, B-I-U, I never thought of, or, uh, uh, um, B-U-I, B-U-I. I, never, I never thought about that. Yeah. Like, I, I never thought about that. He, do, he does plead not guilty. And I'm assuming part of that was because everyone's fucking telling him to plead not guilty. Yeah. You know, every, they're like, we can get off. Well, you know, we've been off by this before. Like, this is no big deal. Like, we don't have to plead guilty yeah. to this. And Connor Cook, by the way, is the name of the other person. Connor Cook, that's right. Yeah. Who also received a jaw injury. Um, yeah, well, listen, if he says not guilty, then, you know, he can say that, or allege rather, that Connor was the one driving, so he should get, you know, you plead guilty right. and all that goes out the window. So again, the manipulation, the lying, the brattiness continues. And that was also part of this too, was that, you know, he basically is indicted or whatever, but, you know, he pleads not guilty, never wore a jumpsuit. No, nope. never, ha- never was in handcuffs really. Never had handcuffs Never had on. the same type of perp walk that... Let's be frank, other black and brown people certainly have had, certainly other poor people definitely would have had, you know, and essentially he gets to kind of keep living his life. You know, obviously he does die. Eventually he does get murdered, but he like even parties afterwards, you know, like his friend group that he had kind of separate themselves from him. I think they see they're starting to see him as this bad seed. Uh, and he keeps partying, partying after he was even indicted, leaving everyone to kind of just be like, what the fuck? He clearly has no remorse, which I'm not saying that shows guilt of any kind. But it's certainly if you lose a friend and you are not guilty of a crime. You, 
if you were you were either a really shitty friend or you should be feeling bad about this. Yeah, and I it mean, affect you. You know, we do talk a lot about how uh, people react to death, both people who have murdered victims, victims' families, all that type of stuff. But like this case, really did feel like, wow, you're really like out at the bar having a good time, like. I don't know. With all of your friends just yeah. doing the thing that you got in trouble to do in the beginning. Right. It just, like, no, and, and you know, the, the thing that I find interesting about this case, to your point earlier about this all kind of happening in real time, and, you know, social media is probably weighing in on all of this as it's happening. Right. I think, yes, that doesn't imply guilt beyond a reasonable doubt, but, like, in the court of public opinion, you guilty. Well, like, you guilty. And you have to remember that these people will likely be the jury in his trial when it, whenever it comes sure. back around. So it's like, I, I'm not these people. I just mean the community. Like it's one thing if you live in New York city, right? Because maybe you can like, right. you know, mix in with the crowd. No one's going to notice you, but I, I can tell you as someone who came from a small town and is currently living in a small town, this type of small town mentality, like you don't do things like that. Everyone's going to know it. Everyone's going to know what you're doing. And it's just, it's just a shitty look, you know? But anyway, right, nonetheless, right. he kept partying. The end of this episode kind of moves into one of the craziest parts about all this, which will lead up to Alex Murdaugh eventually getting found guilty, which is that Alex, the dad, calls 911 because he claims he arrived home to his property and found his wife, Maggie, and his son, Paul, shot and killed on his property. Now, I didn't see this coming, Darren. I know you were following the Murdaugh murder, or yeah, the Murdaugh case, and we'll get to the moment we found out during the recording recently in a second, but right. this came as a big surprise to me. I, I figured that Paul was probably dead because they weren't showing any footage of him aside from pictures and social media, and I think we've all watched true crime enough to know that that usually means that the person is dead. Um, but I was surprised about the wife. Like I didn't realize like the wife was murdered. Like I said, I hadn't followed as closely as you. And um, it just really felt weird because I, it looks like they were murdered near where the ho where their hogs were sort of kept, which just felt very like yeah, out in the farmy yeah, and weird to me. But out kind of on their property, which also wasn't like that's the other thing too. It wasn't like this like rich man's mansion. It also right, seemed right. a little like hillbilly yeah, rich. A little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, yeah, like, I don't know how else to put that, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a horrible thing. And you know, you do hear the 911 yeah. call of Alec Murdaugh talking about how his wife, his, his wife, Maggie and his son, Paul were, were shot to death. And, uh, you know, the call sounds genuine. He sounds panicked. I, I agree. But, yeah. you know, you hear sort of him saying, yeah, like Alec, I'm Alex Murdaugh. And, and that's, that's when the police right. officer was yep, like, yep, yep. Er, oh, you know, like, oh, ooh, oh, okay. Oh, you you're know? that Murdaugh. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, some other things towards the end of the episode come to light during the investigation because, um, you know, there's the accidental death of the housekeeper, Gloria, who, you know, we learn earlier in the, ep in the episode or in the first episode, who was Paul's basically mother. She basically raised him or second mother, you could say. So they were very close. And then, yeah. um, the uh, mysterious death of an out gay kid named Stephen Smith, which we'll get into, yep. um, who allegedly had sexual relations with the older brother uh, Buster. So that was sort of the tail end of episode two. And, you know, by this time, Darren, I'm watching and I'm like, 
I'm not going to give up on this. I got to keep going. It's been, I put too yeah. much time into it to, to, to just bail at it at, at this and point. And now you're sort of seeing the full picture of it just exactly. being the death surrounding this family right. in this sort of way, you know? And it's just like, there's so many weird murders, you know? And they haven't tied Stephen Smith. No one has been on trial for that yet. So I That's can't right. necessarily say beyond a reasonable doubt that Buster Murdaugh and Paul Murdaugh killed Stephen Smith. I cannot say that. No. But it does seem a little, for a small town, it does seem a little sussy. Yeah. That all this murder does seem to happen around this one powerful family. Yeah, and the Netflix know? documentary basically says all this. It's like, all right, right here are all these mur- deaths that have happened. Not not some of them, of course, murders, uh but some of them clearly were. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because Alex calls 911. You hear the, you hear the whole recording and the documentary, as Darren said. The investigation starts and turns out he uh, has possession of the murder weapons. The guns that were used to kill these two people, ballistically speaking, were on his property. I'm like, right. what now? And then there's... Which, okay, maybe someone came under the property, took the sure. murder weapons, right? They are a hunting family. like. But it doesn't rule him that, out at that point. But it definitely does yeah. not rule him out in any sort of way. And it does, and you know, as we know from the court, the trial that he did lie yeah. uh, to That's people right. about his whereabouts and what was ha- happening and what was going on. And, you know, in this episode, we do also know that Paul and Alex were very, very close and Alex had sort of revealed that he had drug issues, opium, I th- opioid addiction, yeah. I think, and, and in a lot of ways is selling pills and doing that. So mm-hmm. this is also the episode where we see Alex's business start to crumble. Right. And he's sort of not living up to his family's reputation and his family's name. Yeah, and specifically it's revealed during the investigation that he was misusing millions of dollars at his law firm for, like I think Darren said, opioids and... There was a specific yeah. uh, drug that I'm forgetting now, but, um, you know, so so then he resigns, I think, from the law firm, which is like a really big deal. And then, you know, there's marital problems. It turns out that Maggie was looking into a divorce lawyer as a result she of felt this. Sussy about, she felt sussy about everything. Their nanny, Gloria Satterfield, ends up dying on the property right. in a very weird way. And let me just say that Paul... Didn't have any other pictures in his wallet. He felt very, very close to Gloria Satterfield. Except yeah. He had a picture of Gloria, like his, you know, his kind of their housekeeper, what felt like a housekeeper nanny, kind of confidant, yeah. who, au pair who had lived in the house. And she dies, quote unquote, from falling downstairs from tripping over dogs, which I just can't really imagine. Hard to really make that a case. Yeah, I don't know about that. Happening, <laughs> right. And it does, it does sort of come out that, you know, she is rushed to the hospital after she falls down these stairs, which, you know, knowing from the staircase, knowing from things, right. you can die happens, from falling down yep. the stairs. But, like, being tripped up on dogs, she goes to the hospital. We find that Alex Murdaugh talks to her. She passes right. away. Good and point. he's like, oh, yeah, no, she tripped up on dogs. So he has this brilliant idea to sue himself <laughs> from his estate to get money for Gloria, Gloria Satterfield's family. Right. But, of course, Gloria Satterfield's family never saw this money, and he kept all of it to fuel and fund his own opioid addiction. Exactly. And it, it's just a little too convenient, right? Because now they've had – just to recap, Mallory is dead uh, as a result right. of Paul's uh, incoherence. Uh, the And then Paul and Maggie are murdered. Now Gloria has fallen and hit her head, allegedly. So it's just like the the body count is just endless. And, you know, 
the the tragic reality about this is like if someone is that addicted to drugs and like the industry, if you will, of selling drugs and all that stuff, I I can tell you from even just the show, they will do anything. And I mean anything to get their hands on the drugs or the money that's involved in it. And it just seems like such a quintessential case in that way. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. agree. This is where money really talks. Yeah, exactly. And I think we're all starting to see that. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, basically how it all kind of comes yeah. together is the investigation reveals that on Paul's phone, there's video timestamp. This is why technology is very, very important for mm-hmm. these current cases before Alex claims he came home to find them where you can hear Alex's voice. Yeah. So, Smoking gun, kind of boom. Again, doesn't prove that he murdered, but proves that he's lying. About prove his that he's trying yeah. to about his timeline. Um, also, on top of this, you know, there's forensic gun residue, and like they said something like, um, it wasn't like uh, it was like bodily fluids found on his clothing mm-hmm. um, was enough to have him arrested. Exactly. Basically, like the blood splatter that was on his clothing couldn't have just happened from him being over Paul and Maggie, right. which we knew that he saw them, but had to have sort of been from this active right. shooting. Scene. And so right, exactly. this is enough to have him arrested for the murder of Maggie and yeah. Paul. And, you know, there's a little bit more uh, conversation in this episode that comes up around the Stephen Smith thing in terms of, like, maybe he was murdered. They might reopen that. Yeah. They might reopen reopen that case. And some. You know, it's hard to say because now that Alex Murdaugh is, you know, he was found guilty. In fact, he was found guilty while we were recording, I think. (laughs) You can go back and listen. uh, Last week or two weeks ago. And I was a little surprised at how quickly he was found guilty. You know, the jury didn't deliberate for that long. This was sort of a big trial. And, um, in light of all of this, you know, he is found guilty. He's not, he's going to live the rest of his natural life in prison. And he, uh, he, look, he looks so different. Like he looks very thin. Obviously this is a lot of drug rehab things going on. This has sparked new light in the Mallory beach case, in the Stephen case, as well as the Gloria Satterfield case. In fact, the family of Gloria Satterfield is trying to have the body, Exhumed. Autopsy yeah. to exhumed and autopsied again to see if there's some sort of evidence that they can prove that she didn't just fall down the fucking stairs. Which is just so tragic to begin with. I'm like, shouldn't we be doing that to, before we put the body away? You know what I mean? It's just, I hate that families have to go through things like this because of incompetence and in investigations. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, as we wrap up this conversation, yeah. and I know we have a few things from our listeners to kind of talk about that I want you to run through, John, but yeah. ultimately, my it's a really sad case, and it's a really sad tragedy, but I do think in light of him being found guilty so quickly, we those families, hopefully, will get some sort of closure and will get some sort of justice that they deserve. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Um, do you want to lead some listener feedback real quick before we yeah, wrap up? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's go to Patreon, where... Um, Let's see. Susan says, I haven't watched the Netflix documentary, but I have seen the Peacock episodes. I'm anxious to find out what he did with all the money that he stole from his clients. That's another thing. Like, you don't really see in the documentary, like, where is that money? Like, is anybody following the money? I mean, that's a quintessential quintessential process, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Our friend Roxana said, watched it this past weekend, talking about the Netflix documentary. My heart broke watching and hearing Mallory's friends talk about her and her boyfriend. You can tell they haven't recovered fully and that she will always be in their hearts. She sounded like a lovely person. Overall, this family is insane and their secrets are just mind-blowing. Yeah, um, that's also true. Very true. Beth Summerhays on Patreon. Love the name Beth uh, whenever we see it pop up. 
says, it is like a Tennessee Williams tragedy. After seeing it and the other series, I was hooked on the trial. I felt sure it would be a hung jury, as many of the talking heads seem to think. We will see what happens with the appeal, which is a really good point. You know, technically he That's has a right to see. an appeal. Yeah. This is all happening in real time. So we're going to get to kind of update you guys, our thoughts on what's occurring. I mean, I do think he deserves to be found guilty, but yeah. uh, everything else I don't know yet. That's you know? true. And actually, I think he has another trial from the Beach family coming up in August, which is a wrongful murder, uh, wrongful death uh, lawsuit. So he has yeah. tons more things that he's going to have to deal with. Let's pop over. It's a wrongful death That's suit. What That's it what it is. is. That's what it is. And enabling underage drinking. Yeah. So he's got a lot more sentencing to come exactly. and trial to come. Yeah. Let's pop over onto our Facebook group, though, because uh, I did ask some of you guys to tell tell me what you think about the episode or about the Netflix documentary and the case in general. Patricia says, quote, I think the jury deliberated for an extremely short amount of time. With the amount of evidence presented and the case being for two murders, I was shocked yeah. that they only took two hours. That's a really good point. Also might show how absolutely guilty he is. <laughs> beyond right, beyond a reasonable doubt evidence. I mean, I do agree with that because I do think if we had found the other thing, people would have been like, oh, this is his influence. You know, this is the money. This is it. So I was impressed. Yeah. You know, I have a lot to say about that, but I do I yeah. do think that's interesting, yeah. Catherine says uh, in the Facebook group, group, he was so used to getting everything he wanted without questions. He thought he was untouchable and could get away with anything. Finally, some justice for his wife and son. Now they need to get him on the housekeeper's death and Buster on the murder of Stephen Smith. Those are allegations. We don't know for sure if those are the cases, but of course, uh, it definitely makes you raise your eyebrows a little bit more. Uh, a couple more here. Tara in our Facebook group says, I'm not convinced he actually pulled the trigger, but he was obviously there when it happened. He absolutely knows who killed them and he probably watched it happen. He's right where he needs yeah. to be. Now that's interesting because basically Tara's saying here that maybe it wasn't him who pulled the trigger, but was there when the night that they got murdered, Paul and all of that Maggie. is possible. Yeah. 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 All of that is possible. Yeah. Um, lots of discussion kind of happening about this case. So we're going to keep you guys a float of everything that's happening and let us know, especially as the trial goes on and more cases are opening, what you guys think of this because could be the trial of the century yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Can I ask, can I uh, do one last one here? This is from Christine yeah. because I thought you would really find this interesting, Darren. She says, I work at a cat sanctuary. Please come visit. Ooh. About 20 minutes away from the court. Most of us in the area feel that he is guilty. We are still waiting for justice for Stephen and Gloria. Also, this has come up on several other podcasts about the trial. Yes, people hunt feral hogs here. Yes, some people do yeah. eat them. So I'm glad that Christine has cleared up any uh, misunderstanding that there was in this documentary about feral hogs and how people eat them. So, Well, we, well, we always need to know. And yeah. guys... Um, we're going to wrap up this conversation, but we're obviously going to keep it going. Thank you so much uh, for everything and always listening. Obviously, if you want to see us on this video talking, talking smack, you can join us on Patreon. Just join as little for as $5 a month and help support our show and keep it running. You can get it even cheaper if you sign up annually. You can be a friend, best friend, radish, or a sussy radish now, which is very cool. That's right. And your patronage, help, patronage helps us keep our show up and running across the board. So thank you no matter how much you've contributed. All links for Patreon can be found in our show notes 
or you can go to patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed. Yes, of course. Uh, even though this was kind of our own thing, we have to thank Megan just because she's part of the show. One, two, three. Thanks, Thanks Megan. Megan. And guys, we'll be back all new with a new case all new next week That's and a remember right. Oscar coverage from NMR this past week. John, I love you. I love you too. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.